0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. The Torah Parshish Amor, Perak Gimel, Chapter 23, instructs us to do the mitzvah that we had been doing for the last seven weeks, culminating on Shavuos, which is, of course, the mitzvah of Svirasa Omer. And at the conclusion of the instruction, the imperative to count 49 days, although the Torah itself says 50, it says that we are obligated to bring a mincha offering of the new grain to Hashem. Rashi comments that what it's referring to is the new wheat, that of course we had already brought the new barley on the second day of Pesach, and now we are going to bring the new wheat on Shavuos. However, the Kliakar utilizes the Lashon, the language of Chadasha, to help us understand how we should approach our Avodas Hashem in a different way. And the Kliakar highlights the following. Siman liyom atan Torah, ki ha-Torah tzricha liyos adam b'chol yom kilu hayom, kibla mehar sinai. That when the Torah employs the word "chadasha" new, it isn't just meant to be understood that it's referring to the new harvest, the new wheat that we are to bring as a mincha offering on Shavuos, but rather the Torah is conveying to us how we should approach every single day of our lives like the holiday of Shavuos that we were to celebrate. And that is, just as when we received the Torah at Har Sinai, it felt new, it was fresh. It was infused with, ex- with enthusiasm, with excitement. We are too also to always accept and reaccept and rejuvenate ourselves, not just on the day of Shavuos, but on every day as if we received the Torah on that very day. In fact, says the Kliyakar, that there are two holidays, there are two Yomim Tovim, in which the Torah does not directly link what we are celebrating on that very date. The two holidays, of course, are Shavuos and Rosh Hashanah. Nowhere does the Torah commemorate for us that on Rosh Hashanah, the first of the month of Tishrei, in which the Torah articulates that we to blow the shofar, that it's also considered to be the day, the Yom Hadin. Nowhere in the Torah does it say it's the day of judgment in which we are to repent, in which we are to reflect, in which we are to do tshuva. It simply says Yom Tshuva, It's a day in which we are to blow the shofar. We know based on our Mesoh, based on our Torah Shabbat, based on our tradition, that the day of Rosh Hashanah is designated as the Yom Hadin, as the day of, of repentance, as the day of judgment, in which God goes ahead and evaluates and assesses exactly what we've accomplished and unfortunately what we have violated over the past year in order to determine if we were worthy of having another year of life. And yet the Torah does not formally link the Yom Haddin, the day of judgment, to the Yom Shura, to the day in which the Torah articulates and verbalizes for us as Rosh Hashanah. Similarly, you will find nowhere in the Torah that the day of Shavuos is the day in which we commemorate the Kabbalah Torah. We know by calculation that seven weeks after we were liberated from shrine we received the Torah. We know that we are obligated to count seven weeks of Sfirah Omer, and that time is Shavuos. And so therefore, we can put two and two together to determine that the holiday of Shavuos is the holiday in which we celebrate the receiving of the Torah. But the Torah itself does not explicitly link them. And the obvious question that the Kleoker asks in the context of what we had just mentioned is why? Why doesn't the Torah mention the link? Why doesn't the Torah overtly connect the Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment, to Rosh Hashanah, the Day of Receiving of the Torah, to Shavuos? And the Kliyotka explains so insightfully that were the Torah to have uh, linked the Yom Hadin to Rosh Hashanah, then a person would have felt, a person would have approached the rest of the year to say, you know what? I can do whatever I want the rest of the year. And come Rosh Hashanah, that's the day designated for me to do tshuva. The same way I sit in a sukkah on sukkah and I eat matzah on Pesach. is the same way that on Rosh Hashanah, that is the time designated. That is the time set aside for us to do tshuva. But the rest of the year I can mess around. The rest of the year I can fool around. The rest of the year I can do whatever I want and I'll do tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, the Torah does not explicitly link them so that one has to realize that every day of one's life, they have to take advantage, they have to realize it's the Yom Adin, that every day of one's life, they have to recognize and acknowledge that they have to repent. They do something wrong that day, it's incumbent upon them, it behooves them to go ahead and take the bull by the horns and repent and ask for forgiveness from Hashem. You don't just wait to Rosh Hashanah. To go ahead and repent every single day, it is our responsibility to reflect, to evaluate, to determine if there's something that we need to do tshuva for. Similarly, when it comes to the holiday of Shavuos. Were one to have only celebrated, and were without Torah to have explicitly linked the connection between Shavuos and Matan Torah, one would have only celebrated the receiving of the Torah and the re-receiving of the Torah and the learning of Torah on Shavuos. The rest of the year we would designate for other uses of our time. But like we eat matzah on Pesach and we sit in a sukkah on Sukkot and we blow a shofar on Rosh Hashanah, we'll learn Torah on Shavuos. And therefore, the Torah did not want that to happen. The Torah wanted that every single day of our lives we should view as if it's new, as if it's a new opportunity to re-receive the Torah. We don't want to relegate just one day a year to learn Torah. We want you to learn Torah and to be macabre to receive and re-accept the Torah every single day. And so therefore, says the Kliyakar, the Torah did not overtly, the Torah did not explicitly link Shavuos Tamat and Torah, so one wouldn't fall into that trap. However, the flip side is also true, that we're one to not have learned Torah for many months. And maybe that person would feel as though they're so far gone. There's no right of return. There's no opportunity to reroute their trajectory. A person would say to themselves, forget it, I'm a lost cause. There's no opportunity for second chances. Were a person to have felt that Rosh Hashanah was designated for the Yom Hadin and only that day, a person in the middle of April, in the middle of January would say to themselves, oh, I've done so many terrible things, I have no opportunities to correct my ways, I have no opportunities to reform myself, I guess I'll have to wait till Rosh Hashanah. Says the Kliyakar implicitly that that's not the way we approach things. We are to realize that while it's a responsibility to constantly view each and every day as the Yom HaDin, as the day of judgment, and feel that responsibility to repent, it's also a privilege. It means that every single day of our lives, even if we've done something wrong the previous day, we have an opportunity to reroute. We have an opportunity to reset the situation. We're not locked into anything. We're not bound by anything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't shy away from us, but rather he gives us an opportunity every single day of our lives, to be able to go ahead and start anew. Every day that we say, we have an opportunity when Hashem re-inputs into us our neshama, our soul, we have an opportunity to be able to reset our entire lives. Says the Kliyakar, by the Torah not linking the Yom Hadin to Rosh Hashanah, the Torah is implicitly telling us that every single day is a privilege every single day is an opportunity to start anew. We don't have this approach of, I've gone so far down the wrong path, there's no point of it being able to return. There's no such thing as, when it comes to the holiday of Shavuos, that that's the only day that we learn Torah. But if I've uh, fallen off the... I've fallen off the tracks. I've uh, I've fallen off my routine. I haven't learned in a while. I guess there's no point of trying to start again. No, by virtue of the fact that the Torah does not formally link Shavuos to Matan Torah, is that every single day can be a Matan Torah for us. Every single day we can reaccept the Torah. It's not just a responsibility that we view, but it's an, um, an opportunity. It's a privilege that Hashem presents us each and every day. Unfortunately. Part of the challenge, one of the impediments, one of the primary obstacles to feeling Hashem's tangible presence in our lives that we have spoken so much about, is we feel so distant from Hashem. We feel so far away from Hashem. We feel that we've done so many things that have created barriers between us and Hashem that there's no point of attempting, of trying again, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu isn't interested in speaking to us. He doesn't want to have a dialogue with us. We've done so many things that are wrong. We've created this Mechitza, this barrier that obstructs our ability to have a dialogue, to connect and develop a relationship with Hashem. And the kli is telling us when the Torah says "V'in kavtem min chachad Hashem." That every single day can be a Chadasha. Every single day can be a Chadasha, can be something new in that we can view the Torah as being reaccepted. that we can feel that rejuvenation, that excitement, that freshness. It's not only a responsibility, but it's a privilege. We have the opportunity to start anew. The Yom HaDin says the Kliakar is not just a day for Rosh Hashanah, it's every single day. And every single day we have an opportunity to start our journey again. We don't only see this concept and this theme in Parshas Emor, but we actually see a similar idea mentioned in Parshas Nitzavim. The Pesach tells us, Moshe, on behalf of Hashem, recounting the entire Torah and Sefer Devarim, tells us that I have placed before you today life and good and death and evil. And the obvious question that Rav Moshe finds Zatzal asks is, what do you mean, Hayom? This is at the very end of the 40 years that the Jewish people have been wandering in the Midbar. They had received the Torah already 40 years earlier. They had been confronted with all of the choices of whether or not to accept the Torah and the good or to deny themselves that opportunity and uh, enjoy a world of only materialism. And the Jewish people chose and picked correctly the world of Torah. So what does it mean when Moshe 40 years later says, today is the day that you have the choice? That's not true. The choice was actually given to the Jewish people 40 years earlier, and Rav Moshe Feinstein points out that the word Hayom today is teaching us something very powerful, that while it's true that at that time the Jewish people had already received the Torah 40 years earlier, and while it's true that today we have received the Torah 3,300 years earlier, one has to always realize the word Hayom. One has to realize that every single day is a new day. Every single day, you have the responsibility, you can't rest on your laurels, you can't say that because I've done something correct the day before, it automatically will dictate what will happen today and tomorrow, but at the same time, hayom, just because you've made mistakes in the past, doesn't mean that it dictates your future. hayom. Every single day of our lives, we have these choices. These choices are a responsibility, but these choices are also an opportunity, a privilege to reroute our trajectory, to find a new journey, to determine the new direction we want to go in. We are not locked into the choices we've made in the past. We are not locked into the mistakes that unfortunately we have transgressed in the past. We have an opportunity to devise a new plan, to strategize who we want to be and where we want to see ourselves. And the same way that the Kliyaka highlights, that every day is a new day, Rav Moshe Feinstein highlights with the word Hayom. Today is the day, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. Unfortunately, as we mentioned, we're so locked in. We're locked into our routines. We're robotic we're so, so much a function of circumstance, we're a product of our routines, and oftentimes we find ourselves unable and incapable of being able to make new choices, of rerouting ourselves, of determining a new journey, a new path that we want to find ourselves on. And what the Torah here, both in Parshas Emor and in Parshas Nitzavim are, are telling us that we have an opportunity to change every single day. We want to fill our Kodesh Baruch Hu in our lives. We haven't davened so well over the last number of weeks or months. It doesn't mean we can't start a new conversation today. We haven't learned over the last few months. We feel so distanced from Hashem. Why would Hashem want to hear our requests? Why would Hashem want to hear our cries? Why would He want to see and witness and observe our tears? Guess what? Just because something happened in the past doesn't mean we don't have an opportunity to begin anew today. Some of you may be familiar with the incredible story of Eli Beer. Eli Beer, who is the founder of United Hatzalah, a person who literally has revolutionized the industry of first responders, not only in the land of Israel but across the world. Uh, prior to Pesach, was stricken with COVID-19 and unfortunately had been away from a family, his family, from for a number of months already traveling around. He spends. According to his account, about 200 out of 365 days a year around the world, trying to promote his organization and help other countries deal with all the various challenges when it comes to first responding that they need to deal with. And he was stricken with COVID and he had a very, very, very bad case. He was put on a ventilator and uh, and ultimately he did survive Baruch Hashem. And after Pesach, he returned to his family. And when he was interviewed, he was asked, what did he learn from this, this experience? And one of the things that he said was that while he felt so passionate and so invested in the organization that he had started and what he had been able to accomplish and how proud he was of the contribution he was making to the world, he realized he wasn't giving his family enough attention. He realized that while it's incredibly important to devote as much time as it did not only to Klal Yisrael, but to the world at large, what was coming at the expense was the attention that he was giving his family. And so therefore he had said publicly in the articles that I had read that he was going to change his schedule. That while it's true for the last several 10, 15, 20 years, he had been uh, fulfilling a certain level of responsibility, having a very packed schedule with tremendous demand, He was going to reroute his journey. He was no longer going to follow the exact path that he had followed until that point. And while he made it clear that he he would continue to be invested and committed in United Hatzalah, he was no longer going to travel to the degree he was traveling in the past because he realized he needed to invest more time in his family. What an incredible level of both humility and awareness to be able to publicly state, to be able to publicly acknowledge that which he needs to, re- to fix, that which he needs to reform in his own life, that while he's made such incredible contributions to the Jewish people and to the world at large, it wasn't about the fact that because I've always done something, I'm going to continue to do it, but rather, Hashem, He has a new opportunity, today's a new day. For him, it was a new uh, look at life. It was an opportunity to live uh, a new life realizing through this uh, this challenging situation what he needed to address, what he needed to reevaluate and reassess in his life. It was Hayom. Today is the first day of the rest of your life because you've done something in the past doesn't mean you have to continue to do that in the future. I came across a beautiful letter that uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe had written to somebody on the topic of Pesach Shein, which of course is all about second chances. It's all about realizing that we are not locked in. And in this letter, he writes the following. One of the significant lessons of the Pesach Sheni is never to despair, even when one has not attained the spiritual heights of others. Thus, while all people are celebrating the Pesach at its proper time, one finds himself very far away or otherwise unfit to enter the sanctuary. He is told, do not despair. Begin your way towards the sanctuary. Come closer and closer for you have a special chance and opportunity to celebrate the second Passover if you try hard enough. Says Lubavitcher Rebbe something so beautiful. You want to know why we have the Pesach Sheni? Because HaKadosh Baruch wanted to communicate to the reader that there's always an opportunity to change your trajectory. There's always an opportunity to reroute yourself. There's never that excuse, and Hashem's not going to accept that excuse of, because I've done something, I can't change. We can always change. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he puts us on this earth and gives us and breathes life into us every single morning, gives us the privilege and the opportunity to reroot ourselves, to identify new ways to improve in ourselves, but not to ever, God forbid, give the excuse of, I'm so far away, I'm so distant. As Lubavitcher Rebbe says, don't despair. Don't think that you're so far away that you can never become close again. Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives you a new channel, a new opening to be able to re to be able to reconnect. And with that, I want to share I want to share a story about how you go about doing that. Because at the end of the day. While it's true that everything we've discussed together highlights the Hayom, highlights that if you want to feel a tangible relationship with Hashem, you want to feel HaKadosh Baruch who's physical as much as possible presence in your life, you want to feel that you can always go to Him, well you have to know that He's always there waiting for you. He's always waiting for that dialogue, He's always waiting for you, understanding that as a human being you're going to make mistakes. He's understanding and He recognizes that at the end of the day with all those mistakes, you have to have the opportunity to be able to come back. Mincha'a dashallah Hashem Hayom. That every single day gives you that opportunity. Or as Lubavitcher Rebbe says, when it comes to Pesach, Sheni, conveying to us the value of second chances. But there's one caveat. There's one disclaimer. There's one condition to the ability to be able to access that second chance. I heard a beautiful story in the name of Rav Biederman, in which he tells the story of a Rebbe in a very prestigious yeshiva in Bnei Brach. And in Bnei Brach, the, 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 the bachrim, the bnei yeshiva are the highest caliber. And there was one kid who was in the yeshiva, who everybody knows, uh, everybody knew, uh, didn't really gain admissions to the yeshiva because of the fact that he was on such a high caliber, that he was such a, he had prospects of being such a scholar, but rather he had protectia, he had a privilege, he had a connection to the yeshiva, his family had a connection to the yeshiva, and so he was admitted to the yeshiva. And as you would expect, uh, this child, every time he had a Bechina, he got an examination. Every single examination, he got a 50 on. He got a 50 day in and day out. And the Rebbe of this, uh, of this Talmud, of this uh, Ben Yeshiva, of this boy, the Rebbe would go to the Menah, to the principal, and say, I don't know what to do with this kid. I know that he's, uh, you know, he, he's here because of protecty. I know that he's here because of a connection that his family has. But the kid is failing. He's not doing well. He's not growing. What are we supposed to do for him? And day in and day out and week after week, he constantly got that 50. And the Rebbe was just really confounded, not knowing what could he do for this child. And then all of a sudden, about four to six weeks into the year, there was an about face. This boy, this Talmud, all of a sudden, didn't just score 50s. He was scoring 100s every single week, week after week, and now the Rebbe didn't know what was going on. Here this child for so many weeks didn't know what was flying, didn't do well, did not excel, he felt so bad for the child, consulted with the Manile, the principal, trying to figure out a way to help this kid, and all of a sudden this kid does a 180, he's getting hundreds, he goes to the Manile and he says, look, the kid's getting 100 on every single exam, what's going on? And the Manile, understandably so, responded, there's got to be a mistake. Either that's not the kid and somebody else wrote the wrong name, or this kid's cheating because there's no way this kid could possibly go from getting 50 consistently to all of a sudden getting hundreds. And they didn't know what to do until they finally decided to call the mother of this boy to understand what was happening. And so they called the mother of this boy and they say to the mother of this boy, you know, your child for the last number of weeks had done very, very, very poorly. And all of a sudden now he's jumped to getting hundreds consistently on all of his bechinas and all of his exams. What exactly happened? And the mother said that it's all because of a story that the Rebbe had shared a few weeks ago with all of his students. And the Rebbe shared, who was an older man, the Rebbe shared that when he was younger, he recalls the Satmar Rebbe coming to Israel to Davin. He remembers he came to Eretz Yisrael, he had some meetings, and he came to Davin to Hashem. And he remembers being with the Satmar Rebbe once when he was Davin in and he saw the Satna Rebbe get to the paragraph preceding the Shema of Ahava Rabba, describing the affection, the love that we have towards Hashem for giving us the Torah and for allowing us to learn the Holy Torah. And he watched and observed as the Satna Rebbe, when he said these words of Ahava Rabbah, were consumed with incredible emotion. He was bawling, he was crying, as he so desperately appreciated, as he was so, uh, grateful towards Hashem for being given the Torah, having the privilege of connecting, of using the Torah as a conduit, as a bridge to connect to Hashem. And this Rebbe, of the, of the boy, of these students in this yeshivan Bnei Brak shared this story of what it means to really love Torah, of what it means to really yearn for Torah. Of what it means to have that emotional connection to Hashem. And the mother described that he came home from that day of yeshiva. And he said to his mother, I want that Avaraba. I want to be able to have that emotion when I say that tefillah, that paragraph prior to reciting the Shema. And the mother said, well, you know, you can't say avaraba with that length and that emotion in Yeshiva, they're not going to have patience. They're not going to wait for you. They're going to go on with their day. It's not something that you can burden the Yeshiva with. So you know what? Say birchas has Torah at home. And say Avar Avar without the concluding brachas. They don't say Hashem's name in vain. But that will be your opportunity to channel that love, that affection that you want to have. It will allow you to direct how you want to connect to Hashem with the Torah in a private way and in a most meaningful and an intimate way with Hashem. And the mother said from the moment that that boy heard that suggestion from his mother, every single day before he would go to school, he would get up. He would say, Berchaz Torah, and he would concentrate on the words Ahav with tremendous concentration and intensity, emotion and love, in which he directed his, his grateful uh, uh, heartsig feelings towards Hashem, in which he appreciated being one of the privileged ones of being able to learn his holy Torah. And she said from that moment, in which he devoted that time towards Ahav he's been a different child. All of a sudden his ability to concentrate, his ability to comprehend, his ability to reflect that material on his Bechina's has been completely different. And says Rabiderman what do you see from here? You have to have the desire. You have to have the want. You have to have the yearning to reach out to Hashem. You can't just say, I want a second chance. You can't just decide you want the second chance. You have to take the next step. As the Gemara tells us, The Gemara tells us that one who takes that first step, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do the rest. But we have to take that first step. It's true. We are to view the Torah. We are to view our opportunities to do tshuva as if it's every single day. It's not just a responsibility, but it's a privilege. We are to view, as Rav Moshe Feinstein says, Hayom, every single day we are not locked into a routine. We are not prevented from making a change. Every day of our lives has that opportunity, as Lubavitcher Rebbe says, that's the mitzvah Pesach Sheni, conveying to us that while we may feel so far away, Hashem is telling us, you shouldn't think that for a second, we are so close and I'm going to give you a second chance. But with that second chance, you have to realize that like that boy who wasn't doing well in yeshiva, who was constantly doing poorly, he was struck. By this comment of his Rebbe of Ahavaraba. You want the Torah. You want to be able to feel Hashem in your life. You want to be able to recognize the Hashkah, the interventions that Hashem does on your behalf. You want to be able to see and be sensitized to the Nisim, the miracles and the flows, the wonderments that Hashem performs on our behalf every single day. You have to be able to go back to that story of the Ahavaraba. You have to take that step forward. You have to yearn for it. You have to cry out for it. You want to take it seriously? You have to be able to determine and and strategize what you're going to be able to do. You want Hashem to take you seriously. You want Hashem to reciprocate. You want Hashem to continue to offer new second chances. You have to be able to take those second chances seriously. And I believe that if we take those second chances seriously, if we realize the Hayom in our lives, the Matana, the gift of every day, if we recognize and we are sensitive, to the opportunities that Hashem presents to us to constantly reconnect to Him, then we will slowly but surely have our Baruch Hu, feel our Baruch Hu's re-entrance into our lives, we will feel that presence, we will feel that opportunity to be able to beseech before him, to dialogue with him, to be able to not only speak in our tefillahs to Hashem, but have Hashem speak to us through his Torah, and ultimately we will be able to strengthen that ever-important bitachon, that ever-important presence, and that tangible presence of Hashem in our lives.